This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. This is going to be Random Thoughts number seven. The topic of today's episode is going to be a grateful thank you to one of my favorite YouTubers called The Kurgan. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am. All that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. So, I have not, on this particular um podcast channel I've not mentioned my two favorite YouTubers um but I I especially um well I did a shout out in my original podcast called St. Longinus's Baptism I did a shout out and then I mentioned um the one of my favorite podcasters called The Kurgan in passing throughout the series. Um, it occurred to me today that I really do owe this man a debt of gratitude. And as a as a matter of honor and charity, I'm going to go ahead and give him my thanks in this episode because the more I learn about divine providence, the real, the more I realize that everybody in my life, good, bad, or indifferent, is a blessing. But in the Kurgan's case, I can honestly say that he's been a blessing. Um, you know, he... Uh, He's literally been a blessing. Now, for those of you who don't know, because apparently nobody has visited my original podcast channel, which is fine. Um, the Kurgan is a set of a contest. For those of you who do not know, um, set of contestism is just pre-Vatican II Catholicism. Pre-Vatican II Council Catholicism. We uh, we view the uh, Vatican II Council as heretical, and everything that came out of it—priests, prelates, popes—all that is invalid. Now, the first thing I, I'd like to thank him for, and it is—I'm really grateful for this—was he was the one. Well, let me let me give a little background. I had heard by listening to some set of Vacantis podcasters about Freemasonry. But at that time, I had bigger fish to fry on my spiritual plate. And at the time, I really didn't have the resources or the time to really delve into it. I knew they were bad, but it was like in a very vague and generalized way. And 
it wasn't until I heard the Kurgan's podcast where he talked about the Grand Orient Freemasonry exposed by Monsignor Dillon that I realized just how bad it is. And this I attribute to divine providence, that he was an instrument of divine providence. And with the help of our Lord and our Lady, the more I kept trying to do research on this, and by the way, Freemasonry is difficult to research insofar as real information is very rare, not Masonic propaganda. And two, that it's a very deep rabbit hole. And as I never get tired of saying, I've got a lot on my plate. Um, I do the best that I can with what I've been given. But it was... It was his explanation of the Grand Masonry, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Grand Orient Freemasonry ex- exposed that I was like, okay, I've, I got to look into this. And I downloaded the book off a of free Catholic uh, books website, which is listed in my original um, podcast platform. And I started doing the reading and it really, he, he pointed me in the right direction and our Lord and our lady did the rest. I am so grateful. The second area, like I said, the man's been a blessing period, but the second area where he really helped me with was in the area of, um, set of privationism. Without getting too deep in the theological weeds, set of privationism is the theory. Set of accountism means that there is no legitimate pope. Um, set of privationism means that um, that traditional. Uh, bishops that were consecrated in the traditional right must denounce their heirs and reelect a real pope. Like I said, I I'm pretty sure I covered this. I'm ninety percent sure, certain I did. But it, it for the for the terms of this episode, it does not matter because there was. There is, I should say, a certain set of a contest prelate whose name shall re, who shall not be mentioned out of charity, who holds on to this theological position. And honestly, I've already said that getting into theological arguments at this point in time is useless that our time would be better spent evangelizing and trying to get as many people onto the the real Catholic Church as possible. But I listened to this bishop's... Well, let me me rewind. Um, 
apparently the Kurgan had had a run-in with this particular prelate in question. And he did an episode where he explained why set of pervasionism was a dead end. And he did it so simply, so logically, that even a guy like myself could understand. And it, you know, uh, it made sense and it was, it was theologically sound, his reasons. Well, a few months after I listened to that episode, this particular bishop in question had, uh, did his own video on his podcast channel where he explained why he's a set of probationist. And unlike the Kurgan's explanation, his theological position was convoluted and incomprehensible. To put it, to put it charitably, it sounded like gobbledygook. And, um, I, the Kurgan has a uh, telegram channel and I went on there and I left him a message and he shot me a link because I'd forgotten what episode his, his, uh, uh, his, uh, episode of set of probationism, what number it was. So I was trying to get that so I could re-listen to it. And he's, he's pumped out quite a few videos in his own right. And he couldn't tell me, but he shot me a link to his blog. And so I read the link and it took me to hit a, a blog post that he had done about this particular bishop's heirs, but in particular set of probationism. And... You know, once again, he was consistent. The stuff that he said in his blog post was pretty much the same from what I remembered in his original episode. But I really thank and am grateful to him because um, I had already had my doubts about that particular theological stance. And... um. He he helped me to solidify my uh, opposition to that particular theological position. And then the next thing I want to thank him for is, despite how it might sound, I have particular spiritual issues that I'm dealing with. There have been some pretty dark and honestly speaking, they'll never end. But up until this point, there had been some pretty dark times. And I'd gone and listened to some of his stuff just to have something to take my mind off my issues. And his sanguine attitude was so uplifting and so upbeat. And it was not only was it edifying, it just it raised my spirits. A great deal. And um, when I went on the tele his Telegram channel to thank him, 
there is a particular listener that sometimes he interviews and he he uh, put me on to that listener and um I'm very grateful for that because I can honestly say that that particular listener I consider him a friend a gift from God and a definite um he's 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 helped me um He's given me insights that normally I wouldn't have ordinarily had if I hadn't been able to talk to him myself. And he's been a real blessing. And of course, once again, this is also God's divine providence. But as I said earlier, um, every, every person that I come across in my life, good, bad, or indifferent, has been an instrument of divine providence. Now, me being who I am, I don't always, um, we're supposed not to complain about God's instruments of divine providence, but many of my faults, one of my many faults, I should say, is that I like to gripe and moan about, I just like to gripe and moan, period. It's one of the things I'm working on. And I'm doing this episode also for those of you who may come across this, this episode who've never heard of the Kurgan. I highly recommend his channel. Um, it may not be to everyone's taste, but if you like straight-talking, straightforward guys, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. That's another thing that really helped me to really uh, like the guy is in personality, we're similar. We're not the same, obviously, because we're not twins separated at birth, but we are similar in outlook and in, in, in the way we uh, discuss things. And I always say, I always joke that he's led an, an adventurous life. And if you listen to his episodes, you'll see what I'm talking about. Whereas I can say, I haven't led an adventurous life, but I have led an interesting life. That is God's truth. It's been interesting. I've been in situations that most people don't find themselves in. And I've met people that most people don't have the opportunity to meet for whatever reason that is. And, but I, I, like, I liked his approach. And I do like, I do like his approach. Now, lately, he's, he's working, and that's another thing too, he's working on his thing from set of accountism on his end, and I'm doing my own thing. So lately, since things have more or less gotten a little more intense on my end, I haven't had a chance to listen, I want to say to his last, uh, maybe four or five episodes, but um, that doesn't mean 
that he's him and his his little group are not in in my mind. I mean, everybody in my life is in my mind. And um I I pray for him. Well, I pray for everyone. Uh but I especially pray for the success of his apostolate. Cuz in his own way that's what he's doing. He's he's doing his apostolate, I'm doing mine. We vary on approach, but in outlook, I think we've got the right idea, which is another thing I wanted to compliment him on. Another thing that I really admired about him is the larger set of Acontis channels were pretty much focused on reaching the Vatican II sect. He was the first set of Acontis podcast channel that actually wanted to reach beyond the brain-dead denizens of the Vatican II sect and actually reach out, as I said in an earlier episode, to an untapped potential field of people, meaning Protestants, um, atheists, agnostics, uh, non-believers. Well, same thing, but worldlings. He was trying to reach out to them. And it was by listening to him that I got the germ of the idea for my own approach, although we do take separate paths, of how I want my my podcast channel to be. Now, I realize to some of you who may be newer to this, you may say, well... You spend a lot of time talking about set of contest. And for the sake of honesty, I got to say that's true. But mostly it's for their failings, not necessarily that. Well, it's part of it is for their failings, but part of it also is to try to get any set of a contest within the sound of my voice to practice the spiritual life because it gets the short shrift. And honestly, I don't know. I don't, when it, when it comes to like non I've been a former Protestant, so I know the heirs of Protestantism intimately. I also know the heirs of the Vatican II sect intimately. And I know the shortcomings of my own co-religionists, co-religionists at least online intimately. And I do realize that I I do, I do take a lot of episodes and I take them the task and I've covered the reasons why in earlier episodes on this channel and on my original channel, St. Longinus' Baptism. I, I cover it ad nauseum, but, um, If anyone can reach 
the the worldly, the atheist, the agnostic, it's him. And actually, when it comes to dealing with Protestants, from a theological standpoint, he can take them apart like a Timex watch. You know, it's a joy to watch. In my approach, uh, obviously when you're dealing with Protestants, you have to delve into theology. It's just the nature of the beast. However, having lived as a Protestant for a short time and having read and, and lived in those waters, I can speak from personal experience. One of the saints, I forget who it was, said that one of the best testimonies is your own personal experiences. And it was that quote, when I, when I started St. Longinus's baptism, I wanted to keep myself in the background because I still considered this God's podcast, God and His Blessed Mother's podcast. They're dedicated to them. This pod, both podcasts are dedicated to them. All my social media is. But I realized when I read that quote, that was kind of shortchanging my approach. Because at the end of the day, your testimony is the best evangelization that you can do. It absolutely is. Which is why here lately, I've been including examples from my own life in my episodes. Now, I do realize there's a lot of people who are distrustful and, you know, they they think that people are grifters and whatnot. Honestly, I can't blame them because there are grifters. You got Jay Dyer, you got the Demon Brothers, um, the Vatican II apologists, um, and I'm talking, well, I'm talking both like the regular Vatican II sect apologists like Jimmy Aiken, um, uh, 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 Marshall, um, Jones, uh, Voris, which uh, the Kurgan calls Michelle Voris. It's hilarious. Yet, Yet you kind of have to know who Michael Voris is to get the joke. But having been a former Michael Voris fan, I really appreciate that joke. And but um, oh, what was going to say? Oh, um, I really. You know, I really, uh, I go after those guys hard because like I said, you know, I've lived in that sect. I know pretty much my eyes are more open now, now that I'm in set of a contism, but having swum in those waters for a few years, I'm very acquainted with how these guys operate. Um, but 
Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. There's, there's another thing I want to get, another aspect of his personality that I really appreciate. Not only is he simple and direct in his approach, he's very eloquent. If you're interested in his approach and you li- if you've listened to my, my stuff and you listen to his, we're night and day. The guy's eloquent. He, he's a very intelligent guy. And he does know what he's talking about, which is why I listen to him. You know, if I, he's, uh, he's not a grifter. He's been accused of it online, but he's not a grifter. I know grifters. I've seen grifters up close and personal. He's not one. But his, his approach is, we're, we're night and day. I'm not as smart as he is, and I'm not as eloquent. But as I never get tired of saying, I do the best I, I can with what God has given me. He, our Lord and our lady have given me a message and it needs to get out. And as St. Joan of Arc said, now I don't know if she actually said this or not, but take it for what it's worth. She said, I am the drum in which God is beating his message. Now, I've saved that particular quote, and St. Joan of Arc is one of my favorite saints, especially for the times we live in now. But I love that quote, because that's what I consider myself. I may not be the best drum, but I'm the drum that God and His Blessed Mother have chosen for this particular message and for for this particular um, approach. So I'm going to do the best I can with what I've given. But I, you know, I'm an upfront guy just like he is, and I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Now, I've consumed enough podcast channels to know that in anything that you do on your own, even if you have models that got you on the track that you're on, I use my own approach. Um, I know they say uh, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. And it is. But uh, I've learned through hard experience that if you try to imitate somebody that you're not, that you're, that you're different in, in a lot of ways from, that you're going to come off as not sincere and not genuine. So I did listen to his stuff and I listened very carefully too. And I took what he gave me or what I say should say divine providence worked through him to give to me. And I used that stuff in my own way. And anybody who gives him and me a fair listen will realize instinctively off of a couple listens, we we have two different approaches. And that's the way it should be. Because as evangelists, if you're duplicating your efforts, it's not, it's, it, it's going to be redundant. And those of you who work in office offices or you work with computers, redundancy is bad. It's just bad. Redundancy in work. 
And especially in this time, in the era we live in, as I speak, it's bad. Because the Catholic Church, I'm talking about the true Catholic Church, not those imposters that currently at, uh, occupy the Vatican II, or I'm sorry, the, the Vatican. Um, in the true Catholic sense, and I've done an episode on this, variety in approaches and personalities is what made the church as great as it is. And you did hear me right, as it is, because it's still alive through the Sedvacantist movement. It is still alive through the Sedvacantist movement. And the different approaches and the different personalities is what it makes, what makes it um, great. It absolutely makes it great. Which... Um, to bring me back to what I was talking about earlier, which is one of the reasons why I take Sedvacantis podcasters to task. Obviously not to Kurgan. Um, they're, they seem, they seem, uh, very focused on the Vatican II sect. They seem very focused on, on apologetics and theology. And I keep trying to tell the set of a contest. That's why I suspect not many people listen. Set of a contest, that is. Well, not many people in general, but set of a contest in particular. That they don't listen because they're still doing this stuff. They're talking about unimportant crap that doesn't matter. And they're focused in on a what I consider to be a dead-end approach. Now, I know I said in an earlier episode I was not going to repeat myself, but this time this bears repeating. Um, we already have two large, and when I say large, I'm talking by Sedvacantis standards, two organizations who are already going at it hammer and tongs with the Vatican II sect and the Neotrads. And that is Norvis Ordo Watch and True Restoration Radio. To, you know, to me, the heirs of Vatican II is being, pardon the expression, piss-pounded into irrelevance at this point. We have a wide open field. And as our Lord and Savior said, the harvest is vast and the laborers are few. You know, if you have 10 laborers in one corner of a certain field harvesting, eventually they're just going to be going over empty ground and they're ignoring the rest of the field, which is ripe for um, harvesting. And I believe that that is very much a mistake. But anyway, this um, this isn't about the heirs of said Vacantis or the podcast channels in particular. This is a shout out to one of my favorite podcasters. And I just, uh, 
like my original episode, uh, shout out episode where I thanked him. I hope this one gets to him because I don't think at this point that he's aware of what I'm doing. Not that it matters. He doesn't need to be. We're both doing God's work. He's doing it from his end. I'm doing it from mine. But um, I, I'm going to, for the sake of honesty and charity, I'm, I'm going to say the reason why I don't tell him. You know, say thank him personally. Number one, the man is very, very busy. I mean, his his podcast episodes are sporadic, given the fact that he's busy doing what he's doing. But secondly, our personality types, while we have some things in common, he's the opposite of me in some ways. And I don't want him to misunderstand. I don't want him to misunderstand me. If I go to him directly and say, hey, man, you know, you've been a real blessing, blah, 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 because I've consumed enough of his content and I have been in contact with him a couple times to know that sometimes because he is an Italian and I'm a barbaric American, which, by the way, I agree with him on that. Americans are barbarians that he may misunderstand my intent or what I'm trying to say. So, I'm doing this in the hopes that if one of his listeners bumps into this, they may send it his way and let him know just how grateful and thankful I am for what he's done, well, through divine providence, what he's done for me. And as and for that matter, what all his group have done for me, all of them. Now, should any of that group come across this podcast, I know it doesn't seem like that, that I've been grateful or gracious. My only defense is, is that I'm a newbie when it comes to the spiritual life, and I've got a lot of growing to do. We all do. And so... If I've offended anyone in his group, whether intentionally or not, and I try not to be intentionally offensive, I just want to offer my uh, humble and sincere apologies. Now I'm going to close this out to one person in particular who who will remain unnamed because he values his privacy. And quite frankly, I don't blame him. That's why I go under a pseudonym myself. This guy, like the Kurgan, has been a gift of divine providence because like the Kurgan, when I've been at my lowest, he's helped buck me up. And I've already said earlier that this guy... um has given me insights due to his own specialties into stuff that I didn't know. And I think sometimes when we talk, 
he may get the impression that I may be kind of an arrogant a-hole. And once again, I'm a newbie to the spiritual life. I've still got a lot of the garbage that I came into true Catholicism with. But I, I try insofar as I'm able, with the Blessed Mother and our Lord's help, to not be that guy I used to be. But sometimes it creeps in. And I just wanted to let that person know that I am grateful beyond words for your friendship. And I do consider you a friend and a gift from God. And I just want to say that um, I, I consider our interactions invaluable because whether he knows it or not, um, he's constantly, he's constantly um, giving me food for thought. And given the type of person that I am, I may come across as uh, narcissistic or self-centered, and he may not understand just what I consider his... Um, hold on a sec. So... I want to take this opportunity to say um, thank you, brothers. I'm more grateful than I can express. And I really appreciate the things that you have done for me. Now, in closing... I just want to let people know one of the intents of this podcast is despite how I may come across on some episodes, I truly and honestly want to be a blessing to everybody who listens to my podcast, whether they're a first timer or they're a long time listener. I truly want to be a blessing. I really do. And I do care about people in general. But I'm, I'm one of the things that I need to work on as a person is being grateful for the instruments of divine providence, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Because at the end of the day, it's God's will, and we can't change it, no matter how bad we want, may want to. We can't change God's will, which one of the things I... One of the themes of this podcast, we cannot change God's will. We, we got to let it happen, accept the consequences, good, bad, or indifferent, and let our Lord and our Lady take care of the rest, and the saints of God, for that matter. So, thank you for listening. I do appreciate you listening. And as I said earlier, I really hope and pray I've been a blessing and I do care about everyone. I pray, take it for what it's worth, for everyone. Now, I don't just pray, you know, for my buddies and my friends and my, or my buddies, my relatives. I pray for everyone. Because the, the times are treacherous. And they're going to get worse. And 
These are times, there's an expression in America, I'm sure it came from a book, but these are going to be times which are going to try men's souls. And I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And um, things, if you think things are bad now, you have no idea. You have no idea. And for that matter, when I say these things, I'm not saying, oh, I have a better idea myself. I know that they're going to get worse, but until they happen, I don't know exactly how bad they're going to get. But just given my reading of history and totalitarian movements, anybody who's ever read their history understands well, if they have the proper understanding that things are going to get worse, we just don't know at this point how bad they're going to be or what direction they're going to take. That's God's divine providence as well. That's why I try to tell people we got to trust in divine providence. But that, that means we have to get in the correct spiritual state. Anyway, thank you for listening. I, I care about you all. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Lord.